0: Hey, hi, welcome to a pastor and a rabbi walking to a bar. My name is Scott Eastman, i your host today. Joining me today, as always, is my friend, Pastor Sean Hennessy, and my friend, Rabbi Matt Rosenberg. So, today, we have some... Sub- Such good
1: friends, oh. you couldn't
2: remember my no, name. Why do you always pause when you
1: say his name? <laughs> I, want to make sure I'm,
2: I want to gather myself, so I'm saying it right. right. But are you considering whether or not you're still friends? And between this and the last, epi- the last episode... To <laughs> the next episode. <laughs> That's Snoop Dogg. It is. Falling back on that. West Coast. I don't think you're allowed to do that. No? No. Mm-mm. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Really?
1: Did you guys know? Wait, bro, bro did you know? It's bro. <laughs> did you know? <laughs> On this version of bro, did you know? Yes. Yeah. Did you know that the Beatles song Blackbird was written by Paul McCartney? Sang it for the people who don't. Inspired by the nine kids who were, black kids who were, when they desegregated school in Arkansas. No kidding, really? Uh And the words are, he's saying, you were waiting for this moment to arise. Paul McCartney has said in interviews and things that was his inspiration uh, for that. And the reason why it's Blackbird, I heard him say that they used to call girls birds in England. Yeah, I feel like that's
0: still a thing. I feel like in England they still call women birds. So,
1: Blackbird was talking about these black women hmm. um and so the whole song is really a freedom it's like a civil rights song wow i never I mean, knew that it's like a freedom song
0: mm-hmm.
1: blackbird singing and there the
0: are so many of good night. covers of that song. i mean certainly you know the beatles version is it's, fantastic but i mean there's a lot the great. of great i didn't covers actually there. know
2: that that was a beatles song who'd you think it was i would never have thought about that song oh. although i think it's a great song it's catchy it's one yeah. of those songs now it's going to be in my head for the rest of the day certainly until today, I thought it was a George Harrison song. In fact, I thought
0: it was a George Harrison song post-Beatles. I thought no, it was, yeah.
1: No, huh. it's from the White Album.
2: Best Beatles album of all time. But there's it's Revolver. Yourself. You don't think it's the best album Sergeant of all
1: Sergeant Peppers, lonely hearts Club. Was it too high
2: concept? Sergeant Peppers, was it too it's, high mm, concept? Mm, mm, the mm, yellow mm, submarine? Mm, mm. Have you, no. Speaking of the Beatles, have you seen the movie Let's Yesterday.
1: Yes, what it's it's about such yes. a great movie? But the kid that movie. like inherits the Beatles. Yes, Yeah. Bro. yeah, yeah. Every he falls Every song, yeah. And nobody remembers the Beatles. It was except. Such for a him. great movie. So he becomes famous playing their songs. The funniest scene in that movie is when him and Ed Sheeran are having like a songwriting <laughs> <Yes>. contest that <laughs> like,
2: smokes Ed Sheeran. Ed's like I can't beat it. I just can't beat uh, it. That's funny. Oh, it's such a great You've not seen it? i am not it's seen it. It's a yet. great movie. It's a really great oh. movie. It's like a feel-good movie. It's it's so not, like I watch it with my kids? Oh, for sure yeah. you could watch yeah. it with your kids. I watched it on a plane, so I don't know if they edit. Do they still edit movies for planes? Yes. Yeah, so I, I watched it on a plane, so I knew.
1: typically know that it's kind of right. safe. I said to my youth group one time when I was a youth group, we should watch Fast Times um, and Ridgemont High. <laughs> And I realized that I had only seen the TBS version. Bro. <laughs>
2: That's such a classic movie. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, no. Such a classic movie. Yeah. Did, oh, they McConaughey. Remake, did they remake that, that? movie? I don't no. think so. I don't think Matthew McConaughey so. is in that. Sean Penn's in it for sure. Yes. Yeah. And Judge Reinhold, right? Spinoli. Is it Judge or Jud? Judge. Judge? Yeah. Like Judge Dredd. Yes. Another. That was a mediocre.
1: That is a great
0: <laughs> comment. I was like, I was on bated breath there for a second. Like, uh, what's he Stallone, gonna say uh, right now? Stallone.
2: Uh, it's almost Does as bad as Demolition Man. The shells? Yeah. Is that or three shells?
1: No, that's Demolition Man. When no, Cobra's is used- a great movie. What? Shut or up. Over the top. <laughs> they talk about the three shells in Demolition Man from oh, the bathroom, is. and you guys, what's with the three shells?
2: <laughs> oh, Stallone. Stallone's been in some really trashy movies. Just really bad trashy movies.
0: movies. Just. I think about the one where he was like a mob boss. Like it was like a, with, was it with Marissa Tomei and like she was his daughter. He was like an Italian mob boss. It was a really
2: bad movie. That must have been oh. bad because I don't remember. Yeah. What's the one where he plays you only the, remember the, good ones? the sheriff? And he's yeah, in like a mafia town? That. That's actually oh, a really good Homeland?
1: movie. Oh. A, no, oh. Homeland is with
2: the guy from Billions. Oh, yeah. Oh. And he was in Rome. The redheaded guy was yeah, in Oh, yeah. Don't watch that yeah. movie or that show. That show's super foul. Yeah. It's <laughs> one of the shows that people can't watch. Again, you fast forward <laughs> through the dirty parts and it's really good. So when Just you fast
0: forward. Because that, that guy was also in Saving Private. Nope. In no. Band of Brothers.
1: Band really? of Brothers? Yes. Yeah. Band of Brothers. He, That's some he's a guy That's who's living incredible. proof
2: to me of a guy. Who has such a defining role when you see him the first time that in everything else you see him in, you go, oh, that's the guy from, uh, yeah. right? So, like, any, he, like he's in Billions now. So, if I watch Billions, I go, oh, that's the guy from Homeland. Copland. Copland. That's a great movie. It is a great movie. I didn't see
1: it. He what? wrote Rocky, you know.
0: Yeah, I saw Rocky.
1: I know, but I think people don't realize, I think a lot of people don't realize that he... He didn't just play Rocky. No. he wrote yeah. Rocky. Ram- Rambo he, as well. Didn't he, didn't he direct? Pretty sure, he up? wrote Rambo. He as well. didn't direct. Are you sure? No, but Rocky was his creation. Right. Yeah, he and nobody would, picture, and right? nobody would
2: buy it. That right. was the thing that he couldn't get it made because nobody right thought it was a and good movie. And he wanted to play
1: movie. the character, and they didn't. And it's a true know story. I don't know if you knew that. No. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's <not
2: true. laughs> How easily this guy. Took... <laughs>
1: That was actually his life story. Yeah, Demolition Man. True. Yeah, Untouchables. Untouchables. True. Wait, not part three. Wait, (laughs) yeah, part
0: one. Wait, can we go back to Untouchables for a second? Because I really loved that movie.
1: Yeah.
2: One, two, or three. A part. Wait. Not Untouchables, I'm talking about... <laughs> no, no what's, the, what's the one? <laughs> <Not untouchables>. Expendables. <laughs> oh, That's the one that was true. Yeah, Only part that two. That makes though. more sense. Yeah, part one and two. Yeah, because untouchable no, was true. Untouchables
1: was with Sean Connery yes, and oh. Kevin Costner.
0: Despite it being Kevin Costner, I feel like it was still a really good I movie. I actually Hold love Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. Come on, Watch he, your talk about talk about the guy that's always the same in no matter what movie, right? That Robin is true. Hood, <laughs> the Untouchables, Water World. Water World. He's always no. he's dances with wolves. Always just the same dude, man. No. D- feel the dreams. Yes, he shows the, his butt a lot. Well, I mean, if he had that butt, it's true. I'd be showing my butt all the time. That's so gross. It's not
2: he. he at, listen, it's actually, good though, good anything <laughs> not that not Costner's good. in that's has a slant towards being a western, he's very good in. He plays that role really. I heard he's really good in baseball
0: movies. Yellowstone. Yellowstone is so good.
1: Yeah, that's not the same character as the
0: other. I've never seen Yellowstone, so I don't know for sure. Rough. But I want to go back to Untouchables, right? Because it goes back to what we've talked about in the past about violence in movies and how, like, I'm okay with violence in movies Mm because I think that scene. Because I'm not supposed to put that out there. Uh, The um, the scene because Bob De Niro plays Al. Capone. Capone. Did he just
2: call him Bob De Niro? Yep. Yeah, that's what his friends call him. Legendary Robert De Niro. <laughs> his friends, called called Bob. Bob. His Bob friends call him Bob. Bob. Bob De Niro. Bob. Anyway, Bob De Niro plays
0: Al Capone, and these there, and this is after like there's like this, you know, like raid, and they got they lost a bunch of liquor or whatever. So they're at this big table with all his other gangster friends, right? And and Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Alan Pacino. No. Alfred Albert Al Capone's walking <laughs> around, right? He's got this baseball bat, right? He's like, You know what, it takes you know to have a good you know effort is a team. A team, he says, Like you could just keep a chino. This,
1: this is what I was saying before. I feel like we should pick a whole bunch of movies and have uh, Scott team. explain hey, them to people. I don't want to be offensive. I feel like you I feel stop. like every you movie sound sounds like the same. Fewer. You were
0: hard of hearing. <laughs> anyway, were, so, like, like, <laughs> right? Like, right?
1: we're like in *Tropic Thunder*. That's how it. Anyway, Jack's, you never go full Jack's place. Anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro! <laughs> simple He's <Jack>. walking, listening. <laughs> simple simple as Yeah, He's got the, the ball, baseball. Got the baseball
0: bat, right? Yeah. Until he gets to the guy that blew, you know, the oh, job, yeah, and, man. and whacks the guy, right? <laughs> and like, and the guy goes, and then like the camera, because it's De Palma, I think, oh, directed that. You des-
1: oh, I feel like your descriptions of movies are. There's this guy, and then there's this thing, and then, and then. It was awesome. And it was great. <laughs> Did like you Chris, see Like that? Chris,
0: Chris Farley. Remember that time?
1: Remember that time? with Paul McCartney. That was Remember awesome. Remember that? That was so hard, right? when you said love? What's the line that he says to him? <laughs> Dang, I hate when I forget good things. <laughs> I'm getting old. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he always ends it with, that was awesome. That was awesome. Anyway, was awesome.
0: I like that scene. I like the scene when Costner's like at the top of when the stairs.
1: When wrote, the love, the same, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Is that true? That's what he says to me. I thought he was, yeah. He goes, he goes awesome. <laughs> Here's a bad movie.
0: Don't waste wait, your time with wait, it. Wait, no just listen, hang on. Because there's a scene, right? He's in the train station, right? Are you and still the, on the
2: baseball bat thing? No, the same movie. Are you going to do the whole movie?
0: He's at the top of the stairs in the train station. Bad yeah. guys are coming. Yeah. He's waiting for the bad guys to coming. This lady has got her little kid yeah. on the this carriage, yeah. Right, and then she loses grip of the kid, and the kid's like Classic. in the going coming down the stairs, and he's got to like run and save the baby and get the bad guy at the same time. And like he does this slide and catches the carriage before. It, right, and he's like, like Kevin Costner, like Kevin Costner in
2: every other Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> to the trees.
1: Dude, that Robert was from.
0: Hood. I love Robin What
2: about Bodyguard, though? Probably your all-time favorite movie. It is not, but I do- And the soundtrack you love. The soundtrack, right? So, terrible movie, don't waste your time. With Tom Hardy. It's the first Tom Hardy movie I've ever seen I didn't like, Capone. Oh. We'll always terrible. Always Sometimes you can take really good content and make a bad movie. It wasn't really good content, either. I mean, it was like this theory that Capone, rather than die, they, the Turns FBI out. sent him to South Florida. And that's mm-hmm. where he, he ended up. It turns out we like he crazy.
1: probably could have used a bodyguard like that in real life. Hey, Bro. stop it. She's dead now. I'm, For sure. I'm just saying, it might have been easier.
2: If she wasn't dead, would she have needed a
1: bodyguard? Hmm. Right. She
2: definitely
0: needed a dance instructor because that girl could not dance. Well, she could sing, though. She could sing, but it's fun watching those videos of her dancing. Oh, and she dance? can't dance to save I didn't even her know life. she danced. Huh.
1: She does this, like, she just moves her legs a little bit. Bobby Brown could dance. Hello.
0: New edition. Every little step you yeah. take. I will be there. It's not
1: even the right words. (laughs) He's from Detroit, he knows. That's
2: one of the great that that album, the whole don't be cruel album is one of the best. R&B records of all time, You you sing I, it top then. to bottom. I don't need to sing it, I have nothing to prove. I don't have to one-up you. Just because you do something wrong, doesn't mean I have to redo what you did wrong. But he does it's have to point grace. out how I got it wrong. But you did do well, it so wrong. Th- you, that's not grace. You point out what the rabbi does watching, wrong. Right- Oh no, grace. That's is called. That's Adam called accountability. Yeah. Let's talk about accountability. I mean, we, we should. Have grace
1: without knowing we Do you want song? me to? All oh, you all with you your
2: fingers, fingers pointing at me. I don't know. have any. I haven't pointed a finger this whole time. Listen. Nope. Listen, Linda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want us to let you keep doing something wrong? What was it? Whether it's you? a song or whether it's you looking at whatever that naked woman that you're obsessed with from the last episode. I'm like not it. obsessed with any naked oh. lady. I said, why would you even bother with that naked lady? Oh, gotcha. I thought you'd said something about you couldn't stop looking
0: obsessed. at. No, I never ever said a, that.
2: Who's the girlfriend? <laughs> we're gonna have, have to go nice, to the tape. I can't yeah. watch that Tom Hardy movie. We're gonna have to go to the tape. <laughs> yeah. Scott's uh, like, this is how easy things get blown up <laughs> yes, for sure. Next thing you know, you're Nobody a Kardashian. Was ever obsessed anyway. With yeah, a naked yeah. Woman. So let's 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 get it back fits. to accountability. <laughs> So do you want us to let you keep doing things wrong? No. Or do you
0: want us to like bring it? No, but that's, I mean, I love that you went there because I feel like that's part of like the function of this faith walk that we're on when we do the faith walk together. This way, I don't feel like you can, like, because I feel like there's some dudes that be like, I don't need to go to church. Mm -hmm. I I hunt. My my church is the forest. I, I don't need to do faith with anybody else. I can just do it myself. But I feel like some of that, I feel like is true. There's a lot of our faith that we're responsible for. But I don't feel like God ever intended for us to do it by ourselves or try to figure it out by ourselves. But I'd be interested in your opinions on that because I feel like I can't do it by myself. Are you busy looking on Google for something right now?
1: <laughs> yes. I'm pointing at you with all my fingers. I was thinking of the verse we were talking about um, where, where Paul says that uh, everything is permitted, you say, but not everything is helpful. Um, And then he says, but not everything is edifying. So I think we said the last time, there's a difference between wisdom and sin. sin. Oh
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah. I was talking about how sometimes you don't have to blow money on liquor, right? Or bad, or uh, vices, right? right? But sometimes you can blow money on something that's not
2: necessarily wrong. You said you could buy a mule right right and and that that could be a sin, yeah, and that's when the rabbi jumped right in. and
1: the issue is you, you can only call things sin that God calls sin, so it has to be connected to something um, and we have a tendency to call whatever we don't like sin mm-hmm. so there's also a difference between for instance the purity laws in the um, in the Torah um, are not equal to being impure is not the same as sin. They're two totally different issues. There's purity and impurity that have to do with the presence of God and whether we could stay in the presence of God or not. And then sin is a whole another separate issue. So sometimes we take purity laws and we apply them to sin, Hmm. um, but they're just, they're two different issues. There's things that are clean and there are things that are unclean, but it's it's a totally different issue than sin so when you're you know there are some things that are just bad decisions Mm -hmm. or unwise decisions and it it would be better for us to be more careful in the way we use the word sin um in conversation and in communities and in Mm -hmm. um preaching we were talking about last time there's all kinds of people say drinking alcohol is sin well so show me the chapter and verse where that's a thing because it says the opposite. It actually says many times, enjoy yourself and drink to be merry. Hmm. Right? But there's a difference between drinking for joy and drinking for, I'm trying to escape. Yeah, inebriation. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so some things are just plain unwise. They're not issues of sin. So your mule thing
2: could be a symptom of a sin, but that in and of itself wouldn't be a sin. And maybe the mule thing is a symptom of greed. Right. Or, you know... Uh, It certainly could be an offshoot of having a discontented heart.
1: And most sin comes back, I think almost all sin comes back to idolatry. Mm. I think when you put things in place of God, if you need something to get you through this, or you need something to do this or to do that, and nothing else will, will, will give what that thing gives for that particular thing, then you're entering into a world of idolatry, which is depending on... You know, it's one of the funniest things in the Bible is in the Torah, it says um, that when Israel has a king, which God didn't want us to have a king Mm -hmm. because he wanted to be our king. But we kept saying, yeah, but we want to be like all the other nations and have a king. And he'd say, but I don't want you to be like the other nations. I'll be your king. And they're like, yeah, we totally get that. But could you also give us a king? Like a king who's a man, not just you. Uh, and he says, okay, but listen, when you have a king, he should not take many wives and he should not go to Egypt to get horses and chariots. <laughs> so in the story of Solomon, who God asked for wisdom and God gives him everything because he asked for wisdom. Um, in the narrative of Solomon, it just says in one sentence, and he took many wives and went to Egypt and got horses and chariots. Mm. And it's supposed to be an indicator that not everything he was doing was right. Right. Because the reason for all the taking of wives is political power, right? And then when with each of these wives, he'd build a high place so that they could worship their gods in the land of Israel. He was building high places for other people's gods. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is part of the, of the dilemma is God tries to be, look, it's a simple thing. Just don't take many wives and don't go to Egypt to get chariots and horses. And the reason why you go to Egypt to get chariots and horses is because they had the best horses. And they had the best technology. So they would go to, and he said, yeah, but you don't need, you don't have to depend on Egypt for those things because I could provide those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of things come down to the heart issue, um, which actually comes out of the Torah also. I mean, it's talked about in Romans and in other places, it talks about having a circumcised heart. Hmm. And the principle is from Deuteronomy 10 and Deuteronomy 30, where circumcision is part of the eighth day Uh, of our son's life you circumcise them and the cutting of the covenant which is really what the word covenant means it means to cut something and the spilling of the blood makes them a part of the people makes us our children a part of the covenant that God made with Abraham but you also have to be circumcised of your heart meaning um that you could be physically circumcised and be a part of the people but do everything wrong And so Paul says in Romans, when he's speaking to Gentiles, he's saying to them, you have to be circumcised of the heart just in the same way. You don't have to be physically circumcised because you're not Jews, but you have to be circumcised of the heart, meaning every part of you has to be given over to our dependency on God rather than on other things.
0: Because wasn't the, you're talking about the covenant and the cutting, and like, wasn't part of like, biblical covenant, wasn't there like you, you like you had an animal, right? Mm-hmm. And you cut the animal in half and you separated it and then like you walked between the halves of the animal. Yeah. Right. Like, wasn't yeah. that part of like how the whole covenant thing worked?
1: Yeah. Prior to, right. It's a, it was actually all pagan customs, which I always find funny when we get around the time of Christmas, people always say, you know, mm-hmm. they'll say, well, you can't have Christmas trees because those are pagan because, um, because, because they're pagan. And I, then I say to them, "Well, you can't have anything, because the roots of everything is pagan. Because paganism was before Abraham. Hmm. In fact, even <clears> the idea <throat> that he that God says we're going to cut animals in two and lay them on both sides, and I'm going to walk through with fire, is all pagan ritual that God uses to make a covenant with Abraham.
0: Because it's in a language that would make sense to no, them, totally familiar to him."
1: Totally. Right. 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 And in our day, it's like, why would you cut animals in half and walk yeah. through them? Like, PETA would show up. It would get disastrous. Would like be. would be. Um, but, you know, it's just a different culture, and he's speaking into the culture. And I think God still speaks into um, culture. He speaks into culture in different ways. I feel
0: like super hyper-religious people tend to take those things, like Christmas trees, or calling Easter Easter instead of Resurrection Sunday, yeah. because they feel yeah. like it's... But, I mean, just
1: be. Well, I struggle with Easter's a little trickier, I'll tell you why. Not because it has not because the name has pagan origins, but because it's a replacement of Passover. Passover is actually commanded by God. Resurrection is not as a celebration. The pa- the death and resurrection of Jesus both take place during Passover for a whole lot of theological amazing reasons. And it's in the 300s where the church fathers remove Passover and create Easter as a new celebration to replace Passover because they believe Judaism was done away with and all the commandments we don't need anymore. But what we lost is the real reason for why those things actually happen. So there's nothing wrong with adding a holiday, but as a Jew, I get it from Christians all the time. I, I mean, it happens at least once a week, whether in person or in email, where somebody says, well, don't you celebrate Easter? And I say, well, no, I celebrate Passover. And they say, but so you don't care about the resurrection? And I say, no, the resurrection happened on Passover. So it goes back to the, what would Jesus do? Like Jesus never celebrated Good Friday. (laughs) He never celebrated Easter. He never celebrated Monday, Thursday. He never celebrated any of those days. It doesn't make those days bad because you can add celebrations for whatever you want. But when you take away from the things that God actually commanded, then you lose something Hmm. that's much bigger. And it's not like, I don't think everybody has to celebrate Passover in the way that we celebrate Passover, but I think anybody who follows Jesus should know about it because he cares about Passover. Like he participated in it every year of his life.
2: Well, it comes back
1: to your song
2: that you started with, with your bro, did you know? There's so many things in life that have this symbolism that we didn't realize it had. Right. But when we realize the symbolism and what that symbolism means, it suddenly makes that thing come alive. It makes it make more sense. It makes that, now that song has more significance and it has more meaning. Whereas now that now that you have some background to that, and it's the same thing with some of these things that we think about or that we recognize in scripture, that what that takes is that takes study. Yeah. Like too many people read scripture, but they don't study it. Like I, I just had, uh, a group of guys that messaged me and asked me, I gave some guys a, a challenge to the end of the year. <clears throat> and I said like, um, if you'll read your Bible five days a week until the end of the regular football season, then I, and, and if you can come back and tell me that it didn't make a difference in your life, then I'll donate $1,000 to your foundation or to your uh, charity. And so I, I said to these guys, like, uh, if you don't have a Bible of your own, then let me know and I'll get you one. And so then I, I had some guys that had messaged me and said, like, where, where should I start? Because I recommended, uh, why don't you start in the Gospel of John and uh, maybe start in Proverbs. So I had another person that messaged me and said, oh, I've already, I've already done those two. So, like, where should, where should I go from there? And I said, you should go through the book of Romans. But you should understand this, that you can't read Romans. You have to study Romans. And I was like, well, it kind of feels like that's the same thing about all of Scripture. Yeah. Like, if we just took it and rather than read it, we're like, why are we in a hurry, bro? Like, I did one time, I read the whole Bible in 90 days. What well, is a thing, right? It's a I think Zondervan put it out. It's a Bible. Read the Bible in 90 days. And I, I was on... I was on sabbatical, so I did it. I, I actually had never read the whole Bible before that. I'd been in ministry for a decade, but I hadn't read the whole Bible, not the whole book, because I didn't need the whole book, right? I only preached out about a part of it. So I read the whole thing, and it was like stuff that just started to come alive, but I had done it so fast, like 90, that's fast, bro, to read the whole thing in 90 days. And somewhere along the line in the facet of our faith, we determined that like, like this is a race. Like, bro, like, you could just, it could take you the rest of your life to read the thing. But if you really just, like, pause and, like, contemplate it and think about it and, like, man, what did, what did that one word mean? This yeah. like, could
1: sound like yeah. I'm saying I'm better than you, and I'm really not. I mean, I'm better than you in some ways, but I'm not saying it for this. Uh, hey. My dad created a system of, called the Word is the Way of Life, which you read the Bible every 90 days. And he started me on that when I was eight. Man. And I've generally done that from eight years old to 41.
2: That's been, man,
1: that's been So it, it blows my mind when somebody says I haven't read the whole thing. And my son asked me recently, we were, he's into numbers and math. And he asked me how many times you read the Bible. And I said, I really don't know. But if you figure four times a year from eight to 41, it's somewhere around right. that. you know. And then I said the same. My dad's been doing it. My dad's 68 And he's been doing it since he was 35. Hmm. so you know there's a there's a cycle to it but the but then what happens even with the guys reading the bible is what i felt like it there were bible camps and things that i went to when i was a kid that were like if you don't have a daily devotional time then you will not grow (laughs) spiritually right Right. And then it becomes that same, the same concept where if you don't do this thing or even like you have to, the best time to do it is in the morning. Right. So, but what if you're not a morning person? Yeah. Like I'm totally a late night guy. I'm not a morning person. So I do my devotions at late at night. Hmm. Um, And that was never an option when I was a kid. It was like, nope, the right thing to do is because the the Psalms say early in the morning I rise. Right. (laughs) Right. And you're like, Well, yeah, but I think that's when David rose. (laughs) Yeah, right. It doesn't mean everybody has to um, do it that way. So, like, it's not sin to not read your Bible Mm -hmm. every day, Um, but it is wise Mm -hmm. to read your Bible. Pastor Jack Hayford, I've heard him say many times that his goal was one verse a day. I won't go to sleep until I've read at least one verse a day. Which Mm. meant in bed you'd be like, "Oh man, I didn't read a verse." Talk about practical, though, right? Like that's like normal. Which is kind of the story of Jack's life. Right. It's not like like, it's not ten minutes or an hour. It's not like you know when my dad was a new believer. It was like you know guys were saying you got double your devotional time. And my dad was like, "Oh man, I got to go to two hours." Wow. But nobody ever said the time. And then he started realizing, he kept doubling his time every time he heard it preached. And he was like, when he was, you know, there was somewhere he was doing like four <laughs> hours a day because he'd get up at three in the morning. Wow. And, he'd, and then he started asking guys, like how, some, something clicked. And he was like, when you say double your time, how much time are you actually in it? And they're like, well, like 10 minutes. And I doubled to 20. And my dad was like, <sighs> for real? I mean, four <laughs> hours, yeah. <laughs> You know, but there's a difference, right, between whether something's sin and whether something's just profitable or just wise for you to do, which is the nature of the word wisdom in Hebrew. The word wisdom in Hebrew is chachma, and the word wisdom um, in Hebrew is actually, in, the pro- in Proverbs, uh, it says that, that God, God created the universe with wisdom. Hmm. Um, and and there 's all these indications that wisdom 's like first is one of the attributes of God and, and then because it 's tied to creativity and creation, there is the way it, the Hebrew in the Torah talks about all the people the artists the artists who were to build the tabernacle and there were the guys who were supposed to dye the things purple and the and the artists who would do all these different pieces it uses the same it's they used wisdom to create hmm. And So wisdom is not just a practical, like philosophical Greek wisdom, as much as there's wisdom in the creation of something because God uses wisdom to create. When we create things, there's wisdom. Yeah.
2: So when you bring it to a like a practical level with like the guy at the bar who's like, well, why why should I do the God thing or why should I do it? You know, we talked about this idea of subtraction that we view it like it's a subtraction thing. I think everybody is. At the heart of who they are, looking for wisdom, right? They're, and it's wisdom in some sort of an area. Like totally. I want to be a better spouse, or I, you know, I want to be a better employee. I want being a Christian just makes you a better at everything. Everything doesn't matter what you do when you do it through the lens of Jesus. It just makes you better at everything. And so, to the guy who's trying to figure out why do I want to do this, it's not so you don't sin, or it's not, so you don't go to hell. I mean, you can live your life practically. Like, if you wanna live a better, more wisdom-filled life, I mean, there's so much stuff in Scripture. When you go grab my phone, right? Because that's what I read my Bible on now, how times have changed. But there's so much stuff that's beneficial to who you are that's in there. And so, you know, for me, I try to approach my life from a practical standpoint. And like, I would say it like this, you know, we're, we're filming this, you know, mid November. And if you're watching this, what if you just tried it for the next like four weeks? Like we, we got, we have five, let's say five weeks until the end of the year. Sean will just, give you a
1: thousand dollars. Oh, sorry.
2: No, just try it for five <laughs> weeks. Like, like, what do you have to lose other than being a dick? Oh. Other than being a bad husband? Other than being frustrated with your kids all the time? Other than, like, like there's everything you need to know about money, it's in the book. So like if you can't figure out your finances, it's in the book, just just try it. And to your idea of accountability, you, like you don't need to find a rabbi or a pastor. Just like find a dude who's been doing it for you know, six months longer than you, who's figured out a few things, right? He's like two steps ahead of you. And so it's not like trying to eat the elephant in one bite. It's like, let me find a guy who I, like for me, I found a guy who I related to. I liked this dude. I came to Jesus just because I found a guy who made him look good to me. And so like, who is it that makes the Christianity thing look good to you? Not because he's perfect or not because he's been venerated, but like he's, he's figured out a few more things than you and make yourself accountable to him and making an account for your ability. And so uh, just try it for the next five weeks. And, And if it doesn't work, then it's never not worked. So right. that's how I can say it, right? Yeah, right? It's never not worked. Like when you put yourself really into it, it's never not worked. And so uh, I think for me, that would be my like practical takeaway at the end of this particular episode that we're winding up is f- just figure out a way to make this work for you
1: and, and try it for the yeah. next month. There's a difference too, I think like in Wisconsin from Seattle is I think uh, a lot of people are call themselves Christians here that may not engage in daily practice of following Jesus. In Seattle they're intentionally not having anything to do with Christianity for because Christians are all hypocrites. (laughs) (laughs) So you find these two different groups that are keeping themselves from following Jesus. You know, for practical reasons or just because it's culturally okay to call yourself a Christian and not actually engage in anything that's helpful in your life. Um, Or because everybody else is a hypocrite. When, you know, the truth is we're all hypocrites to a degree because it's really hard to live what you preach Mm. all the time. I mean, we fail at it. Yeah. Um, You know, I was preaching, I preached a five-part series on wisdom and in the middle of that, I we've had just a real battle with one of our kids. And I'm screaming and frustrated and um, su- like super angry. I think if people in my congregation saw me as angry as I am with my kid, <laughs> it would be like, I'm not sure we should. And I said, like, I, I literally, in my screaming, I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm preaching on wisdom. <laughs> and I have none. Because <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know. Um, but... I think there's honesty in being able to say, gosh, I just... I don't have all the answers. That's not the point of being in the roles we're in. Yeah. Like, I think people... We hope people are going to come to ask questions, but the answer is, you know, I'm not sure. I think we just got to...
0: Yeah, this this thing about... Like, I love your idea about, like, just try it. Like, just yeah. take this for a test drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a 30-day return or 45-day return. But I, I just feel like <laughs> when people try to categorize... A life of faith or being Christian or being a Jesus person that they think that that means that they have to be perfect right and I what I hear you guys saying is that pff, dude no one is no one is no one arrives but it's about the journey right it's about the it's about the process right. recently you taught a message on um failure right and how I feel like for a lot of people, failure is always final. Like if you fail, that's it, done, yeah. story's over, Yeah, right? And like yeah. when it comes to the Jesus journey, like every day, yeah. Right, yeah. I, for, for me anyway, is like a failure. Like every day I'm falling short. Yeah. But then the Bible tells me, uh, smile alert, we're all falling short, right? Like it's just yeah. Yeah. what I never even knew. I, thought I I felt the only way I could be, I could call myself a Christian is if I were perfect. Yeah. And that's not what being a Christian is about. A Christian is about being on the way. Right. right? This is the way. Hmm. That's from the Mandalorian. That does sound yeah. like
1: the
2: Mandalorian.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of our core values in our congregation in Seattle is every setback is a chance to come back. Mm. That's good. That's it. It's Those true men- and catchy. Yes. Easy yeah. to remember. That's
0: all you yeah. need to be, like a famous pastor, that's all you need to be doing. Yeah, catchphrases. Yeah, catchphrases oh, that are all true. All of
1: my catchphrases are stolen from other pastors. I don't yeah. Like
0: it. yeah, I believe that. Hey, thanks for joining <laughs> us for this episode. <laughs> pass it around my walk into a bar we're so glad that you could join us we'll see you next time